0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد وما كان الله ليعذبهم وأنت فيهم وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ستكون فتنٌ القائد فيها خير من القائم والقائم فيها خير من الماشي والماشي فيها خير من الساعي من تشرف لها ومن وجد فيها ملجأ فليعوذ به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رواه مسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى says in the verse that I've just read the second part of the verse الله سبحانه ta'ala says وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not be punishing them. Allah will not punish them while they seek forgiveness. If they seek forgiveness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish them. So as long as we seek forgiveness, then inshaAllah we can hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not make this a punishment for us or will turn it from a punishment to a rahmah and make it a source of goodness inshaAllah and greatness for us. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu relates. This is a hadith of Sahih Muslim. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu relates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said the following. Now this hadith uh, has been around forever and many of you will have heard this hadith before as well. However, we may have never understood it in this dimension because the the condition we're in right now is an unprecedented condition. We are in a situation where which we've never experienced before we're in a situation that we've never had before so it's quite confusing what we do, what we don't do and that's why many ahadith as well are very appropriate to this situation but we've never thought about it like that before because we've never had the experience you can only relate things to experience, experiences once you've had those experiences so now listen carefully to this hadith you probably will recognize it many of you will recognize it the Prophet ﷺ said, سَتَكُونُ fitanun." There's going to be challenges, there's going to be trials, there's going to be problems, there's going to be calamities. Everything that a fitna can translate into, it could be any of those things. There are going to be challenges and issues and problems. الْقَاعِدُ min al The one sitting during that time is better than the one standing. وَالْقَائِمُ فِيهَا min al-mashi. And the one standing is superior to the one who's walking, خَيْرُ مِنَ السَّاعِيِّ. And though the one who's walking is superior to the one who's running, so you can tell, you can see from this that the Prophet ﷺ is saying that the one who's not getting involved in that fitna, in that trial, in that problem, in that sickness, illness, whatever it is, the the best person is the one who's reclusive. Who's doing isolation basically Who's sitting down Who's not trying to go out there to, to get hurt Then the Prophet ﷺ said مَن تَشَّرَّفَ لَهَا تستشرفه. This is such a, a trial and a calamity And a challenge That anybody who looks out for it Who peeks out Who exposes himself to it Then it will turn on him It will afflict him it will engage him And وَمَنْ وَجَدَ فِيهَا So then the Prophet ﷺ advised, that, advised at the end that anybody who finds security, anybody who finds safety, a sanctuary, any person who finds somewhere to be safe فَلْيَعُوذْ bihi. Then they should adopt that form of safety. They should take those measures. So the experts in this, as best as they could, they've told us what to do. So. This hadith has taken on an entirely new dimension Now, what I want to talk about today is We've had several lectures uh, with various aspects related to this whole Covid-coronavirus problem But one of the things that we're all forced to do today is basically sit at home right And sitting at home and not being able to engage too much though we live in as I said times that would never have been expected even maybe a hundred years ago where while we may be at home we're still in touch with the whole world we still get information about what's going on around the world we can still speak to people we can see people in this virtual way like right now I'm here and I'm speaking to many many of you online right sitting at home pretty much in a in a in a in a state of uh, some level of isolation, right? But I can speak to it. So isolation isolation is a very different concept today than it was a hundred, two hundred, a thousand years ago or in the time of the Prophet. ﷺ. However, a lot of people are having difficulty even in this kind of isolation, this kind of staying at home, right? Bunkering down basically, right? People are having trouble with this. So today I just want to look at this from a general you know, perspective of the benefits of isolation or solitude rather. To stay alone for some time, to cut away from everything that we've gotten so used to, that has basically become our life. We want to cut away from that and, and see where we can go with this because there's huge benefits to isolation, to solitude if it's done in the right way. Isolation can be a punishment sometimes, as they do where they put somebody in uh, where, they, where they put somebody in prison into uh, isolation, the isolation chamber or whatever it's called, where they can't meet anybody else. so sometimes that can be a punishment and people people can even go crazy. but remember with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nobody will ever go crazy because Allah is always there for you, and he can make his presence be felt if we look out for him so number one some of the general benefits of solitude research shows that solitude undoubtedly brings a number of benefits right for example one is freedom to do what you want not what others want you to do to actually think about getting your life back and freedom in other creativity you're not hindered by i mean today is very difficult because you still got your phone right you've still got social media so there's still a hindrance Otherwise, creativity. For creativity, you need a free mind. You need to not be curbed, not be engaged with many other things that create a lot of confusion. You need a clarity, and solitude can provide that. Likewise, intimacy. Intimacy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Intimacy with oneself. And of course, above all of that, we can develop our spirituality. As you'll see later on as the talk progresses, that for our most spiritual individuals, the prophets, they pretty much had to go through some kind of solitude. Because solitude is when we cut away from everything else and start focusing on Allah. I mean, for a mu'min, there's never solitude, because there's always Allah. But what he means is solitude from other people, from from things and the world and distractions. Now, what the experts say, and I'm not saying just Muslim experts, I'm saying even non-Muslim experts, productive solitude requires internal exploration. It's a kind of a labor that can be very uncomfortable this is a big trouble that people are having they're not comfortable with themselves and this requires a lot of effort and a labor which can be very uncomfortable even excruciating right but as the experts say that if it, you know even though it might take a bit of a, t- a bit of time and an effort and difficulty if you persevere it can actually turn out to be a very very pleasant experience once they, they say that once it becomes that, once you, get, once you get into it, then maybe the most important relationship anybody has ever had will be the one that you've had with yourself, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, the non-Muslim experts, they say with yourself, but we always have to have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The most important relationship for sure, as we know, is going to be the one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a time as good as any. If we, if we don't use it right and we're getting upset about this, then this is a punishment. This isolation is a punishment for us. It's like we've been put in prison in an isolation chamber with just a few people or with nobody because a lot of people are just alone. They may have a roommate who has to stay in their own room or whatever the case is. But if we are to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this case, then inshallah it's not a punishment, it's actually rahmah and mercy. Uh, according to a lot of modern research, they, they actually did surveys. And many modern humans seem hell-bent on avoiding solitude. In fact, I think it was two-thirds of the people that they surveyed said they'd rather have electric shocks right, than to be in solitude. Because the point today is that even when you're alone for a moment on a bus, traveling or waiting for something, you sit in the car, you're going to start putting the radio on. Elsewhere, you're going to have even when you're walking around, you're not going to reflect about nature or the trees or the birds or just things around you. You're going to have earphones, right? Headphones on, right? So, remember, the value of solitude is going to depend on whether an individual can find their own interior solitude and connection and harmony with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That's what's important about this. We have to do this because we're forced into this. Some countries are worse than others. So why not use it to get the best out of it? Otherwise, it'd be a massive waste of time. In other words, if you, can, if you want to put this simply, when people extract themselves from their social context that surrounds them, their phones and everything else, and especially the social context and everything that surrounds them, then they will become better understanding of how this, this normal social setting shapes them because we'll have time to see ourselves from outside of our social setting because we're so immersed in it, we've grown up in it, we've hardly ever come out of it. Now that we're forced out of it, there's a lot of reflection that will take place and there's a lot of things that will dawn upon us and then we'll understand what's good and what's bad. Generally they say that it's only through a shake-up that good ideas come to be, that people do things that are even more useful and beneficial after they've had a bit of a shake up if people become too comfortable in the in whatever they've been doing for a very long time they don't realize that they could maybe do so much more so when they've had a shake up they think they realize what's good what's bad and inshallah uh we we hope that we can do that here as well um you have to also remember that solitude in islam is not something that you do forever that's why we have etikaf a huge concept of etikaf which was done certain you know certain days of Ramadan, certain days of the year. The Prophet ﷺ used to do it for 10 days or 20 days in Ramadan. It's not something you do every day. In, in fact, in Islam, it's frowned upon that you go and retire to a cave, right? And you basically just cut away from everybody forever as your lifestyle, rahbaniya. Uh, that kind of celibacy and so on is, is not appropriate for us. We live with the community, but then we, we exercise solitude in a measured way. And inshallah, that will be a time. So, you don't solitude, it doesn't have to be forever. Right? You don't have to distance yourself from everybody forever, but rather you just take the time out to revitalize your body and clear your mind. And this has been put upon us, so we're going to have to do that anyway. Now, let's just look right from history about what solitude has, uh, has produced. Amazing things have happened in solitude. Nuh a.s. and his followers became confined. Now, what a confinement on an ark. In a large ship just water all around them everybody else perishes they're the only ones that survive right that was for whatever 40 days 40 nights generally that's kind of the number for any kind of maturity period right 40 days 40 nights that's generally kind of what humans need a 40 day period right to get something done and maybe that's why they were made to do this for about 40 days then, if you look at Ibrahim a.s. he was quarantined for a short while into the fire, right? Various opinions of how long he was in the fire. But then, look at what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala gave him afterwards. Difficulties have to come about for there to be good after that. And most of our prophets who are the best and most closest of Allah's servants, if they're made to do that, then Subhanallah, you know, uh, we're, we're lucky that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is even testing us this way to give us the sabr so that we could be rewarded. Yusuf Ali he's first thrown into the well. Look at that solitude in a well deep down by his own brothers, by his family. And then after that, uh, later on, he is then again put into solitude. He's basically put into prison, right? solitude from the community, from outside, from his position. But then he's exonerated after that from all the accusations against him and his honor grows even more. Then after that you have Yunus His solitude was amazing, unique, unprecedented and probably never to happen again. Which is that he gets caught up in a fish. Right? In in a whale. And that it could be either from one day, three days, up to forty days. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best what happened. But then his life totally changes afterwards. And he he's given he's given the great things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you look at Musa alayhi salam, again the same thing with Musa alayhi salam. Uh, he he's told to take himself to Mount Tur to converse with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He basically separates from his people. He has to go and do this alone. He's given, mashallah, his scriptures and so on. There's always gifts at the end of solitudes. If a person does it right, there's always a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as they do it for Allah, as long as they understand, this is Allah putting me into this, I wasn't going to do this voluntarily, right? I've never done a'tikaf before, now I'm doing a'tikaf in my house. And seriously, you make a room in your house for like an itikaf and, and you just basically, uh, you, you, you consider that you're a'tikaf. I mean, it's not the same as being in a masjid, obviously, at the same time, but you want to be with Allah. If a'tikaf means that I'm just retreating for the sake of Allah, then, then, inshaAllah, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with that. Then, Maryam alayhi salam, the mother of uh, Isa alayhi salam, she gets put into isolation literally because she's among all the men in the temple. And Zakaria alayhi salam is looking, looking after her. MashaAllah, in her solitude, she receives divine fruits, she receives divine provision from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, after that, she's in there, she's not touched anybody never been with a man and then she gets given glad tidings of a miraculous child who is the most unique child in the world of Isa a.s. Jesus peace be upon him born without a father and then not just that but uh, you you look at many others you look at the Ashabul al-Kahf their story the whole surah is there again they were put into solitude this time they were put into solitude obviously for their own good it's always for your own good it's to keep them away from the uh, for, for, from those who are after them, because they were believers, and the people around them were not believers, and then they get given this very in, very, very unique situation of having to sleep for over three hundred years, and they come back in a different time. These are amazing things. I know we may think that, oh, these are things that happen to others we 're not hoping to come back after three hundred years. I mean that 's not something i 'm looking forward to right that 's not something i 'm expecting even but even on a small scale we are in need of we need of the mercy of allah right Whether, whatever he gives us right we are faqir we are in need of the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then we have the prophet sallallahu alaihi himself i mean he used to do his itikafs later on as we know every year he used to do his itikaf but then even be, be before that even before he receives his prophecy while he's not a prophet yet He's already, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, attuned to going into solitude, into that cave, into that cave of Hira. And that's when eventually he is be- exposed, he confronts the angel, the angel comes to him. He has this amazing experience, which was a difficult experience for him. But then that makes him the prophet that, that he was going to be, that makes him the Rasul that he's going to be. Right. So, then he's obviously doing itikaf, and he mentions a number of, fawaid and benefits of itikaf and of solitude in general and focusing on Allah and basically for the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pretty much majority of them they would have done some kind of solitude, a'tikaf or some other kind of solitude because they know that that's the only way to focus the heart, rid it of all of the, the shackles and the attractions and the distractions and then once they've got Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their heart, then they can reconnect with people but in a way that Allah wants. Because initially we're connected to people in maybe in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want. It's the wrong kind of connection. But it's not that Allah doesn't want us to connect with people. We want to connect with people for the sake of Allah so that we can benefit from them and they can benefit from us. But that can only be done once we've known our own selves and figured out ourselves. So all of these people that I just gave you an example of, all of these people, and there's many, many examples, but just because we have a short amount of time, all of these peoples, they received huge divine mercy, divine protection, divine gifts, and a change in their life. I mean, look at Yunus alayhi salam, Ayyub alayhi We've talked about Yunus alayhi in the fish, but Ayyub alayhi salam, he's given a very different type, a very difficult one he is afflicted with various different types of diseases such that pretty much everybody abandons him right? they shun him so he can be there but he, he nobody wants to be with him I think the only person that stays with him is his wife but he bears it through shaitan comes and tries to distract him shaitan comes and tries to mislead him try to, uh, tries to give him some other idea or whatever the case is but no he stays firm with Allah because the only way that anybody, anybody in that state could have stayed firm is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah gives that strength, then He passes the test. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives him back His health and everything. And subhanAllah, He has, uh, you know, mashallah, He, 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 he is uh, given uh, greatness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, uh, another thing that we could also invoke here is that those seven which will be under the shade on the Day of Judgment, One of them is that person who remembers Allah in solitude. Right? Now I know this could mean different things, but who remembers Allah in solitude and then his eyes tear. His eyes tear. Find something during these days, whether that be a nasheed, you know, like a a pure nasheed, right? Without any distracting music. Because remember, music is good for your soul, whereas the Quran. And the words of Allah are good for your spirit, that's the difference. A lot of people think that music it encourages you to do things and it inspires you to do things, and it may do. But remember, the music is connected to the soul, the nafs, and that's not necessarily that's not a good thing, right? Whereas the Qur'an, um, we have to take it from just inspiring our soul to inspiring our, our, our heart and our spirit, our ruh. That's why there's a big difference. But those people who master that, who get that benefit of that, they will never want to listen to music again. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that. So something that's thought-provoking, verses of the Qur'an that make us think about our life, nasheeds, poetry, right? Something that is reflective, that we can reflect upon in this time of isolation. And if we can then shed tears, in our dua even, right? In this time of isolation, inshaAllah will be in the lounge on the Day of Judgment, which will be the shade under the shade of the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the benefits insha'Allah that we can get if we master solitude. I ask Allah to do this for us because we're so distracted. I'm talking about my own self. I wish I'm saying these things to you, right? And really I'm asking Allah that Allah give me this first, that Allah may give it to you and He deprive me and that would be really sad. So really when I'm saying this, when I've done this research I'm praying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me this and gives us all this. So these are the benefits that generally a person can gain through solitude. Insha'Allah, once you have solitude, once we've, uh, once we've got an understanding of ourselves, our dhikr will become more meaningful. You know the dhikr that we've already, always may have been doing, your favorite dhikr, whatever dhikr it is, it will become suddenly more meaningful you'll start focusing more on that. If you've struggled all this time that I can't focus in my prayer, I can't focus in my tasbih, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I do it. It doesn't mean anything. Maybe this is the time that Allah wants to give us. So I said, this coronavirus issue right now and these, that's upon us, for some people it's a punishment. But for other people, it's a source of mercy and closeness to Allah. We want to be from that second group of people, the latter group of people. Also, during this time, the Qur'an reading that you will do, inshallah, will be more impactful. You'll feel it more if you gain solitude, if you do it right. Number three, or number four, whatever, the next one. If you're writing a diary, you're writing reflections, you're writing blog posts, you're writing Facebook, and again, make that to the minimum. But if you are reflective, and you have the right kind of isolation, you benefit from it, then inshallah, your posts, Right, are going to be a lot more honest. They're going to be a lot more honest, a lot more genuine, and a lot more sincere, and insha'Allah, a lot more beneficial as well. Right, one is that we write a journal entry for our own self, really to look for ourselves. But nowadays, everything's in public. Our journals and our diaries are basically public information, but they they are generally done to show other people, right? And they're totally wrong sometimes. So inshallah if you go in solitude and do this properly and we we, we do this well inshallah even a lot of the junk out there will turn to inshallah benefits and of course this gives us the most perfect time to introspect and hold ourselves accountable for all of our words and deeds and another benefit of solitude is going to be that inshallah once we get it that we've wasted this long Right, Or which we've wasted this much this part of our life or this long in our life, right, and this solitude has helped us, this lockdown has helped us to get that understanding, then inshallah, our future goals are going to be better because we know what we've done wrong, we can learn from our mistakes, inshallah, may Allah make us of those that learn from their mistakes. so now, just quickly, a lot of people have been asking, right, a lot of people are asking, okay, what do we do in the daytime? so just a few things about that, number one. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, right, that most of us have more time while we're at lockdown. Because, number one, imagine it, you've saved on your commute time. Some people are commuting, I mean, if you're in London or whatever, you're probably commuting for an hour sometimes, half an hour. There's some people commuting for two hours, one and a half hours, 20 minutes, right? Whatever it is, going outside, getting into the car, getting onto the public transport, whatever it is, or walking to work or whatever the case is, that time is being saved. Right, So clearly that's time saved. Now I know there's some vocations like a lot of the IT jobs as such, uh, especially the, uh, those which uh, require you to look after servers and that. Um, uh, and when you're working from home, I know for sometimes uh, it becomes more uh, undisciplined, indisciplined where uh, y- your boss or your manager thinks that he can call you at any time because it's very flexible working time. Like I understand that, but for a lot of us, we're going to have more time. That's if we want it. And again, this is about getting outside. If we want it, we're going to have more time. And to be honest, both Muslim and non-Muslim experts who are productive—you know, people who are productive, right? If you look at many of the philosophers, many of those who've high achievers, in, in, in general, just productive individuals, and the likes of Imam Ghazali and many others, right? Rahimahullah, our scholars and so on, Imam Bukhari and so on. Pretty much, I think all the experts will agree. Right, all the experts on productivity will agree that without discipline in your time, you, you're not going to get anything out of your time. Because if you're just doing things as they come along, and as you just desire, right, and you don't have a fixed time for things, right, as far as possible, you're going to waste a lot of time. And lots of people, are, if you look back at your two weeks that you've been, we've been in this situation, or however long you are you know, in wherever, whichever country you are, just think, that if i if i don't have a rigid schedule as far as possible that i can uh, i can focus on you've probably wasted a lot of time so the way to sorry that's why the uh, imam ghazali his words are very clear in his uh, Bidayatul Hidayah, beginning of guidance that for every time you must have something that you do not transgress beyond of course you do your best you can never stick to it hundred percent i mean very few people work like clockwork right but at least you try your best have a timetable have not just the timetable, but you have certain things you want to accomplish. That's always the best thing, right? If you want to, because generally, you may have noticed that if you're on a travel and you've got an itinerary, you're, you, you've gone on holiday somewhere, you've gone visiting somewhere, and you've got an itinerary, you get a lot more done. You're surprised, hey, I've got more done today than I get done at home on my regular, r- regular work day. That's because it's all about timekeeping. That's very, very important. So, these are some of the things that you can do, right, at home think firstly think of all of the things that you've ever wanted to do with your family at home all right but everything that you've wanted to do with your family at home well now's the time as good as any to do it number 2 right think of all the things that you may be needing to do around your house right things that chores that you need to you know fix this or fix that or get this or get that Um, build something or whatever the case is well this is the time to do it we're not saying that you just spend your time in ibadat I mean of course if you can that's wonderful but there's a lot of other stuff that we need to do just to make sure that our life runs and that's completely fine so think about that you know there's going to be a lot of stuff that you may have wanted to do with your children all your life but for some reason our work never allowed us now's the time to do it maybe you wanted to read your children certain books maybe you want to tell them about your life you know maybe you want to tell them about your experiences so they can learn from that. the fathers I'm saying the mothers are generally with the children anyway, but I'm saying the fathers, maybe this is the time to do it to ruminate over that, to tell them about your intera- uh, y- y- you know y- your relationship with your father. you know The other thing that we've got that um, helps us right now is that Ramadan is around the corner, so there's preparation for Ramadan, right that has to be done. And that's, you know, we've got several talks on that subject that the best Ramadan you can have is what you've prepared for from beforehand. And the main thing, just to briefly put it, is that as long as you've got, try to get, you know, in these next two, three weeks that we have left for Ramadan, try to get everything done that's going to be uh, a cumbersome in Ramadan that you should, like projects, shopping. Um, the, the, I mean, as far as I know, there's many women around uh, who are already doing their Ramadan preparation. What that means is... In Ramadan it's Fard, right? Social Fard, an obligation to have certain types of food, you know, both healthy and maybe unhealthy. I mean, both unhealthy and maybe some healthy, right? They're already preparing all of that and, you know, putting it in the freezers and everything like that, right? So, okay, if you have to do that, well, just do it now, right? Um, You know, in Ramadan, those Fard foods, those obligatory foods, I mean, I guess even in pandemics, you still have to have them, right? I mean, they're necessary. You know cultural stuff and things so we're not gonna argue about that those of us who are half is of the Quran well wonderful time to revise especially before Ramadan so that you can do Tarawih I mean I'm gonna suggest that because uh, Wallahu Alam may Allah may Allah deactivate this virus so that we can go back to the masajid but we do have to be prepared for the worst and that is basically that this will be an amazing time maybe for the first time in so many years or decades that there is going to be so many Taraweeh prayers so many more than probably have ever been done before in the world can you believe it? like think about it right? because before there would have been so many Taraweeh prayers in all the masjids which are probably already more Taraweeh prayers than ever been done before in the world because Muslims are increasing there's more Taraweeh around the world than there ever was before before it used to be restricted to certain countries now the Muslims are pretty much all over in every, nearly in every country of the world so they're going to be doing Taraweeh prayers there now out of that now we're going to have so many small gatherings because mashallah in many areas of the UK, of the subcontinent, of Morocco, uh, of Algeria, of uh, Tunisia, uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, what's the other country, yeah, and all these different countries, right, Libya, there are numerous Hufad of the Quran, Bangladesh, uh, Pakistan, uh, there's lots and lots of Hafiz of the Quran, mashallah. Now before it was, a, it was tough to get a position in the masjid. Now pretty much all of these things, all of your huffaz out there should be literally preparing to do hiddh at home, with, uh, to do taraweeh at home with the whole Qur'an with your family. And this may be the first time that many, many people will listen to their children, read the entire Qur'an. And that is a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those of you who are huffaz out there, you need to start preparing from that right now, right? Regardless of, you know, whether you've done taraweeh or not, you're going to do inshaAllah taraweeh, right? If you've got a brother or somebody, you know, you live together, right, you're going to do tarawih inshaAllah. Alhamdulillah, this is something that we've been doing for the last several years. We do tarawih in-house, me and my son, and uh, mashallah, you know, the family gets to uh, take part in that as well. Those of us who are not Hafiz of the Qur'an, well, you can use this time to memorize something. Just set yourself a goal, you know, this many surahs, I want to memorize Yasin, or Suratul rahman Surah Al-Waqi'ah, or this many more surahs, or I've forgotten some surahs, so I want to memorize those. Another thing that we want to do during this time is that um, ident- if you haven't done so, identify a place in your house, either a room or a space, where, which is kind of your makeshift masjid, right, your home masjid, and uh, tell one of the children who are of discerning age, they can give adhan. Right? In the masjid adhan. If it's got a local masjid and they are still doing adhan there, right, then that would be sufficient technically, but it's still better to do the adhan in your own house right, for the salats, and then pray with jama'a. Pray with congregation, and the women can also join in in that case. And inshallah, they'll, they'll get the reward for that as well. So fix the time for the five prayers and do that with your family. If you can, I mean fast Mondays and Thursdays, right? That's another great thing, uh, especially in preparation for Ramadan. And uh, another thing I want to say is that you're going to be stuck at home. I mean, even the government has allowed exercise, right? Even if you don't want to go outside, do some kind of movement, some kind of exercise, 15 uh, to 20 minutes, um, there, the, there are there are lots of ways to do that. There's a lots of um, routines you can find on YouTube. Be careful; a lot of them not very appropriate the way they are. But there, there's one called a Tabata, right? Tabata rage, uh, routines of exercise. There's numerous ones. There's some really good ones without all the music and the leotards and all the tight clothing. You want something appropriate, obviously. Just 15 minutes of it that would be very useful. Useful. Maybe get up a pull-up pull-up bar, some press-ups, some uh, some some sit-ups. Uh, go outside for a walk, uh, you know, alone while maintaining the social distancing and so on, uh, a bike ride, or whatever it is, whatever your, uh, whatever's appropriate. I mean, obviously, those who are the more vulnerable uh, category, the older people, those with underlying, they don't want to go outside, well, they need to do something inside. Otherwise, you're just going to get unhealthy. And having said that, another uh, another very important message is stay out of the kitchen. When you're at home, and if the kitchen is very close by, then you're going to be constantly raiding the kitchen and that kind of grazing is actually really bad for your health so you want to avoid doing that i know that's going to be very difficult for some people but just have good meals right and and avoid the grazing another thing is that while you're at home right you want you don't want to get into each other's hair i mean already you probably are i mean subhanallah this morning we have three classes going on so i've got a class going on i'm teaching online my wife's got a class going on and my son uh, uh he he's got a class going on in uh, you know for for his school so we had to be in three different rooms but other than that you're generally together right you want to keep out of each other's hair you want to learn to respect one another give each person their space have commu- have communal times family times but be careful because subhanallah what what we don't want is that you start irritating one another and then what happens and unfortunately this is already happening and we need to take measures to avoid this and avert this, we don't want this period to become a period of broken families, right? That would be a punishment from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it's our responsibility of how we're going to act with our spouse and with our children. I know we may be flustered and you may be under a lot of pressure, but what we don't want to do is we don't want to, like lash. You know, we want to be very careful how how we do this with people. Another thing that we can put as part of our timetable. I'm just giving ideas. It's up to you to take whatever ideas in addition to this or from this and put yourself a timetable. It's nice to put it up, put it on the refrigerator, on the wall somewhere, so everybody knows what it is. Sit down and do it collectively, right? And take as long as you want on each one. It's up to you, whether that's five minutes or whatever, right? Another thing then is very important is, aside from your salawat times, uh, that your prayer times that you're going to have together, right? Another time for a little halaqa, a little ta'aleem from a book that's useful. Now, there could be many, many different books that you can use. We've actually just completed, let's give me that book, with my children, that top one, yeah. Just completed this, although we, we started this a while back, and we, we're reading with the children, right? Because history is something that we don't. Know. So I'm not saying that's what you should do as well, but there's a lot of books that you can do. It's published by Toras Publishing, Lessons in Islamic History, Duru's with tarikh, I mean, children enjoyed it. Right, gives them broadens their idea, tells them about the background of uh, the Muslim world and so on, and the Muslim history, the various different dynasties and so on and so forth. Read a book of the Seerah, read a book of Hadith. Provisions for the Seekers is a wonderful book. It's on White Thread Press. Right, short short Hadith with a little bit of commentary. Sit down, read it, uh, and and discuss it. I mean, there's Subhanallah. There's a number of other books that you can you can have. If it's just husband and wife, maybe read the marriage book that we've just produced recently. You know, the handbook of a healthy Muslim marriage. Uh, ma- MashaAllah many people have already done that Maybe inshallah, that will be whatever, whatever is good for you You probably got books there There's lots of PDFs of books, like, uh, books that you can find Think what books you've always wanted to read So one is that you get books that you can read together 15 minutes or whatever a day And then there's other books that you want to get That you've always wanted to read Certain classics for example That you've always wanted to read Aside from the Quran and Hadith right? Whatever else This would be a good time for you Um, Another thing is that you can maybe try to just to encourage everybody, try to finish like one Qur'an between your family once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. Maybe you can uh, use the whole WhatsApp method of the WhatsApp Qur'an khatams, right, with no force or no pressure on anybody, but just voluntarily Who those who take part, there's nothing wrong with it if it's done voluntarily, right? So that would be another wonderful thing because the only thing that's going to get us out of here is the dhikr of Allah. And every home in which the dhikr of Allah comes about, as we've mentioned in other talks as well, they are going to be inshallah protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are going to receive the barakah and blessing. So we need to do that, as the verse I read above the beginning as they said, that we will not punish Allah says as long as they're doing istighfar. So istighfar needs to be part of that. So now, another thing, then number 14, I think this is right, schedule a time for tahajjud, right, if you can get up. And uh, I mean, since you're praying at home, you're not going to the masjid, since you're probably not going to work as well, we've got a lot more control over our night. As long as you're sleeping in good time at night, inshallah, the easy part in here is that you start, you wake up before Fajr time, about 15 minutes, quickly do a wudu, get two or four rakats in, do a bit of dua, and then Fajr time comes in, read your sunnah and then your fard of uh, Fajr, and I think all you need is about half an hour to 40 minutes in which you can wake up, do wudu, uh, do tahajjud, dua, and then do fajr prayer and then go back to sleep. Like if you if you don't want to stay up after that and you want to get up later, it's a wonderful time to do it because you have no obligations in terms of you know uh, com- commutes and things like that. So you have a bit more flexibility. So a um, wabi after maghrib if you can do you know four extra uh, six rakats uh, and then and then ishraq after sunrise. These are all ideas uh, and recommendations actually. And lastly. You need to schedule a time for, along with the ta'aleem and the book reading, for tasbih, istighfar, salawat, and maybe al-hizbul-'adham, a collection of du'as that everybody does, maybe even a uh, du'a together. Other than that, basically, whatever other things that you would like to do with your family, other projects that you can help somebody else with, right, that you can do for other people, uh, you know, uh, maintaining the precaution and so on, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this from us. Right. That's uh, quite a bit of a list. You do what's good for you, and if you have any good ideas, please do let us know. We can let others know as well. And uh, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala accept this from us. Wa Akinul Da'wana Anil Hamdulillahi Alameen. Allahumma antas Salam wa minka Salam Tabaraktu ya Jalal walikaram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya Quwwat bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hananu ya Mannan. La ilaha illa antas Subhanaka. Inna kunna min al <laughs> we ask you for your special mercy ya Allah forgive us O oh Allah forgive our wrongdoings O oh Allah forgive our shortcomings O oh Allah forgive forgive our sins O oh Allah forgive all of our sins. Ya Allah, we ask you forgiveness for those sins that we've forgotten about. Oh Allah, those we remember. Oh Allah, those that we still continue to do allow us to stop doing them. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness for those sins that have now become part of our life and we no longer consider them sins anymore. Oh Allah, we ask you for discernment and true knowledge. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the understanding of what's beneficial for us and what's harmful for us. O oh Allah, that you grant us the ability to see the truth for what it is and to follow it. To see the wrong for what it is and to abstain from it. O oh Allah, these are unprecedented times that you've put on upon us. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the ability to take heed from this. You grant us the ability to learn from this. You grant us the ability to do the sabr. And to rectify ourselves and to do what you want from us. O oh Allah, we've been heedless. O oh Allah, we've been negligent. O oh Allah, we've not even spoken out against the wrongs that were there. O oh Allah, all the wrongs that were out there, O oh Allah, they've all been shut down. O oh Allah, there are so many things that you, so many things have been shut down that are out there. There are so many wrongs that have been shut down. O oh Allah, only had we tried our best to do those things beforehand to stop these things in our own way. You wouldn't have had to send a punishment that affects all of us. Oh Allah we ask that you do not make this a punishment for us. That you remove this ailment from us. You protect us from the difficulties. Oh Allah that you protect our elderly. You protect our young. You protect our middle age. You protect the entire ummah. You protect the entire humanity and remove this. O oh Allah, make us in a state that we're worthy of your mercy. O oh Allah, we want your mercy. We ask you for your clemency. We ask you for your forbearingness. We ask you for your special attention. O oh Allah, we ask you for your love. O oh Allah, grant us your love in our heart and the love of those whose love benefits us in your court. O oh Allah, allow us to understand. That which is beneficial for us and to pursue only that which is beneficial for us and good for us and that you'd be happy with. O oh Allah, allow us to abstain from all of those things that you will be unhappy with. O oh Allah, make your obedience beloved in our heart, make your disobedience hated in our heart. O oh Allah, and allow us to abstain from it. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us that which we're asking you for, all of our permissible needs we're asking you to fulfill. O Allah, do not make this time of isolation a depressing time. Do not make it a time of dispute between family members. Do not make it a time of darknesses. O Allah, do not make it a time of turmoil within the families. Do not make it a time when families will break up. O Allah, do not make it a time when marriages will be on the rocks. That parents will cut away from their children, children from their parents. O oh Allah do not make this another mini qiyamah where you say, Yauma maru min wa ummihi wa abi, wa sahibatihi wa li minhum sha'nu O Allah make this a time for us to reflect so we can come together. And O oh Allah, give us the ability to to be of those who want to benefit others. Oh Allah, your Prophet has told us that you will be in the assistance of those whom try to help others. Oh Allah, sometimes we don't know how we can help others. Oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to deal with our disease, those who are dying, that you allow us to deal with them in the correct manner. Oh Allah, in a rightful manner. Oh Allah, grant us the understanding and wisdom for this. Oh Allah, these are unprecedented times, they are chaotic times, they are time of fitna and turmoil. And there are so many different views about so many different things, even such important and fundamental things about how to prepare the deceased and wash and shroud them. Oh Allah, there are some cases where bodies are not able to be washed or shrouded properly. They've been given in body bags and they've been prohibited. Oh Allah, we ask that you do not let us die that way and you do not let our loved ones die that way. Oh Allah, that you grant us the ability to deal with this in the correct way. Oh Allah, we could, be, we could make many mistakes in this regard. Oh Allah, only, only you can help us, save us from making those mistakes. Oh Allah, especially the ulama, they're in a very difficult situation, very challenging situation. People are looking up to the ulama to make the right decisions and to lead them in the correct way, to give the right judgments to use the right dispensations and to know when to use the dispensations. Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us from making mistakes and you forgive any mistakes we have made. Oh Allah, do not take us to task for our mistakes. Oh Allah, grant us sincerity. Oh Allah, grant all those who are working out there, grant them sincerity, grant them greater himmah. Those, the doctors, the ulama, the nurses, anybody who's on the frontline staff, anybody who's trying to keep the security and maintain the health of the community. Oh Allah grant them, grant them understanding, grant them tawfiq, grant them protection. Oh Allah grant them a reward. Oh Allah all the sacrifices that people are making, Oh Allah grant them a huge reward for that. Oh Allah the sacrifices that families are making because their loved ones are working out there or helping others. Oh Allah grant them a reward. Grant them sabr patience. Oh Allah this is a time when we need sabr patience. We need fortitude, we need, we need perseverance. Oh Allah we need a huge amount of patience. Oh Allah, grant us that patience to do the right thing at this time. Oh Allah, allow us, make this time a time of good isolation for us, a good solitude for us, a good time of reflection for us, so we can understand whats what we've done wrong in our life. And we can use the remainder of our life, that re, the, the the time of our life that remains, for more productively. Oh Allah, make us productive individuals. Allow us to have timetables where we can accomplish a lot. Oh Allah, make this time a source of mercy for us. Oh Allah, there's no turning it back. But Oh Allah, Allah, this loss that we have incurred, this calamity that we're, engaged, we're, we're afflicted by right now. Oh Allah, we ask that you make this more beloved to us than had it not happened before. But Oh Allah, re- relieve us of it. Oh Allah, relieve us of it. Oh Allah, relieve us, this ummah of this problem. Oh Allah, relieve humanity of this problem. Oh Allah, relieve us of this problem. You have all of this in your hands. Give us the ability to do that which will, which will relieve this problem for, from us. Oh Allah, you're the one who set this in motion. You had your own wisdom and you have all the right to do this. O oh Allah, but a lot of people are losing themselves in this. O oh Allah. So allow us to turn back and run to you and do the right things so that we can be relieved of these problems. O oh Allah, make this a source of purification for us, so that when we die, O oh Allah grant us a long life on Iman and Health and Afiyah. But when we die we want the kalimah. We want to be stronger believers than we've ever been before. O oh Allah protect us from the mischief of Shaitan, especially during this time, and especially on our deathbed. O Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus Grant us the company of your messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam O Allah, all of those who've passed away O Allah, all of those who've been deceased during these times We have many, many friends We have many, many people whose parents have passed away Old ones have passed away In our community around the world O Allah, accept them as shuhada Accept them as martyrs O Allah, accept them as martyrs The status of a martyr is very high in your sight O Allah, accept them as martyrs in your sights and O oh Allah, forgive them for all, anything that they may have done. Raise their darajat and status and grant them Jannatul Firdaus. And O oh Allah, we ask that you accept whatever little that we are doing. Allow us to do a lot more. Allow us to do that which is useful. Sometimes we don't know. But O oh Allah, make us all keys of goodness in this world. Forces of goodness. And O oh Allah, protect us from doing the wrong things, especially at this time. Oh Allah, from being forces of evil at this time. Forces of disputes and conflict. And forces of spreading wrong and sp- wasting time oh allah and making the wrong jokes oh allah we ask that you, that you grant us the tawfiq and you enable us to do that which pleases you and oh allah we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger muhammad sallallahu wasallam through whom we have all of these things that we have today the iman that we have today and oh allah bless our scholars bless all of our all those who've conveyed this deen to us and allow us to be true representatives of our faith today especially when our uh, when iman is so important and the whole world is looking for some kind of solution allow us to be that solution and not be part of the problem subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wasalamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen